What's going on, guys? In this podcast, I'm going to talk about the evaluation of the running back position, at least as far as I'm concerned and kind of my thought process on that. So um, I'm going to give examples throughout the whole thing, just similarly to what I did with the quarterback position, but it'll be more of a variety of players when I, in, this time instead of instead of using just one guy, like I did primarily with Herbert on the quarterback. So the running back position, and again, as always, really with any position, the I don't have like a set, you know, what's most important to least important, like a one through five in terms of traits that I value most because it depends on the player. You know, it really does. Like some guys are just so good at certain things that they make those certain things the more important traits. You know what I mean? Whereas some guys uh, and some guys are, are so not good at certain things, they make those the most important traits. So it really and truly depends on the player in terms of what's most important. But there are certain things that I tend to value more. And uh, yeah, and like, like, for example, I also tend to value less, like, like long speed. You know, you're not going to get me all excited with a running back that doesn't do the certain things right, but he or doesn't do certain things at a high level, but he's really, really fast. Like he runs 4'2 at 230 pounds. That's cool. That's exciting. But it's not going to get me, you know, uh, it's not going to sway my emotional perception of that player, right? It's not going to sway me in any way. So <clears throat> in terms of evaluating them. So what do I think is very important? I think vision and I and I do did like a slash here, vision, vision slash instincts, right? Because before any of the physical stuff, before you can impose your your physical dominance in terms of physical traits that make you a dynamic runner, you have to be able to see where you're going and you have to be able to feel where you're going. So vision is the seeing. And to me, the instincts of when you get the football, just being able to feel where, you know, where, where the cutback is needed, right? Because sometimes where you're supposed to go isn't going to work, right? It's not, it's not there, but you can feel the backside opening up or you can feel because of pre-snap, you understand that the certain type of look you're getting and you know, hey, there might be a cutback available, but it may not be how the play is quote unquote designed to be, right? Sometimes that's important. And sometimes it's important to be able to just have the understanding that there's no cutback available and that you could hurt your team. You could lose two yards when you're, when you're supposed to gain three, right? Like it's, it's, you know, it's a position that is highly disrespected from the standpoint of like uh, intelligence, you know, that there, there's, there's a thought that like running backs out of college can just come in and completely uh, be professional, ready to play, be in there basically primes immediately. Um, and when that's just not the case, right? The NFL defensive schemes are much more advanced than what you see in college. And I mean, look at Jonathan Taylor, a kid that really came on strong towards the end of his year, but he was thought of by me included and many other analysts as a guy that was very much pro ready, going to come in and be ready to play. He, the, the game was a little too fast for him early on for the first at least half of the season. We had fantasy owners that were, you know, super frustrated with him. And we had, um, I mean, really like people were wondering why isn't it working? You know, he didn't, he was pressing, he didn't know where to go. He, excuse me, he wasn't making the right decisions at times in terms of just what to do with the football, when to cut back, when to not, you know. And um, so I think intelligence and instincts is a is a very underrated aspect of the running back position. I think it's a reason why some guys succeed. They're just so smart and they just feel and see what's happening after they get after the ball is snapped at a little bit of a higher level than some other guys who have more physical traits and therefore 
those guys uh, are effective runners in the NFL. And uh, so, yes, before anything physical, you've got to know where you're going. You've got to feel and see where you're going. Okay. And one of the most important physical traits, in my opinion, is agility, right? The ability to move laterally and change direction. You can't make a guy miss if you can't move laterally, right? Like, and the ability to make the first guy miss specifically is what agility gives you. And that a lot of times, especially for a team that doesn't have a very good offensive line, that is the really telltale sign of like, you know, like you have to be what you have to be able to make the first guy miss, but you also have to know where you're going, right? So there's a combination of like, it goes back to the vision and instincts, you know, but, um, and you also have to know when you shouldn't make the first guy miss because when it may not be beneficial for you because of the certain type of running play that they've called for you and in combination with the certain defensive scheme that you're going up against on that particular play or game. So, um, but yes, the ability to make the first guy miss when you need to, like if you get the football and there's somebody in your face because he came through unblocked or, or whatever the situation might be, the ability to make that guy miss oftentimes determines how good a running back is. It really does. All right. Um, explosion or first step quickness, right? That expo- like, and I'm not, and yes, burst is what I'm talking about here. And I'm not talking about, <clears throat> you know, um, I'm just, you just can see it, right? Dalvin Cook is my example on this one, right? The guy has a first step or first couple step explosion to him that his burst is unlike any other. Like it looks like he's top speed running after about two steps, you know, and it's just, it, it has, it takes a real toll on defenses when you, when you go up against a guy like that, because the offensive line doesn't have to be good for very long, right? They just have to win the first second of the rep. If they do that, Dalvin Cook is off to the races, you know, or Dalvin Cook is going to get six yards, whereas a regular running back would only get two because there's not much there, but what is there, he absolutely maximizes. And I think, uh, you know, that's that's obviously a very important aspect of running the football. Like you can know where to go. And once you know where to go, how dynamic can you be in terms of getting there? Right. That's that's uh, to me, first step quickness. And, the, and, and that's the difference between oftentimes a four yard run or an eight yard run or a 10 yard run at the pro level. This is what we're looking at. We're not looking at 50 yard runs, right? I'll get into that later because I'm going to talk about long speed and why I completely disrespect it in terms of evaluating my running backs. But, <clears throat> but yeah, I think uh, burst, first step quickness is huge. And especially when you can start to kind of pair these traits together, right? If you've got a guy with very good vision and instincts, if you've got a guy with good agility and good first step quickness and explosion, you know, that explosiveness early in the rep. That's very, very dynamic. You're starting to put together the perfect running back. And if you can add some, my next trade is contact balance to that list. Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt, you know, the guys with uh, David Montgomery, just really good contact balance. And a lot of times with contact balance, it has to do with the just the way you're physically built, <clears throat> you know, unless you're Alvin Kamara. He just kind of defies the whole uh, logic of that because he's a guy that is not built like short and stout like Saquon, Kareem Hunt, David Montgomery are. But he's a guy that uh, just has this like rangy, wiry contact balance that seems to be actually maybe the best in the NFL. It's crazy. I've never seen a guy built quite like Alvin. Now, Alvin does lack some something in terms of the, and this is why I've been a little hard on him, in terms of the vision and instincts at times as a pure runner, in terms of the, uh, 
but that's that's pretty much it. He's he's pretty much flawless in every other way. He just just sometimes doesn't read it properly and, and it hurts his team, you know, especially in uh, just certain situations. But I think having the ability to just have guys fall off of you obviously is an important aspect. The running in Alvin Kamara does that better than anybody. Saquon Barkley and Kareem Hunt can do that better than anybody and um, or up there at least with the best of them. And I think that's definitely an important aspect, an important physical trait in terms of running ability for a running back. So <clears throat> speaking of physic, physical traits, physicality, what kind of finisher are you? What are you willing and able to get the tough yards with sheer physicality? Because at times there will be situations where it's third and one. We don't want you to do anything but get the first down, right? Get the bleep in first down. Um, and I think that's obviously an important part of running the football. That's that's vintage running back stuff right there. Like Jerome Bettis, like I'm going to get one. You know what I mean? Just And that's been a knock on Christian McCaffrey, my guy, right? He's he's a guy that, you know, definitely has every single tool you look for. But in terms of just banging it up the middle for, for a half a yard or a yard on third down, fourth down, you know, Christian McCaffrey is just a smaller guy. And he's just not that powerful, right? So I think physicality and I could add power to that just physicality and power Derrick Henry you know old school Jerome Bettis I mean uh, Mike Allstott just the ability to to just push forward and fall forward and just run somebody over for a yard when you need to because sometimes in the in the at the NFL level you're just going to have to understand no hole is going to be there they know we're running it we know we're running it it's there's no deceptiveness here we just have to be stronger than them, and we have to get it. We have to fall forward when we're hit, not backwards. Can you do that consistently? And uh, I think that's obviously very important. And you'll see it's not just about size either. Like Alvin Kamara, again, I use him as an example, is extremely physical, weirdly enough. Like he's a little guy, but he is just strong, and he just has play strength, right? And he has the ability to fall forward. You almost never see him fall backwards. That's something that he is – better than Christian McCaffrey at, in my opinion. So um yes, sheer physical sheer physicality and power on third and one, fourth and one, third and goal, fourth and goal. What can you do for me when we know there's going to be no hole? Can you just bang it up in there and get the first down or touchdown? And then um receiving ability. Obviously, you know, this is something that the analytics community has really pushed in terms of like nothing else matters for a running back than can you catch? You know, can you run routes and things like that? And I'm not I'm not there with with guys on that. I, I don't agree with that. I think that it's again, just like all these traits or not all of them, but some of them, it's dependent on the player. What is your game? How do you win? You know, if you can't catch, but you can do all this other stuff. Well, then you're definitely going to be a guy that I want on my football team. Right. You're definitely going to be a guy that I'm happily going to draft in the third round or even second round in some cases like Derrick Henry is a guy that's not much of a pass catcher, right? Believe it or not, you know, Derrick Henry's a guy that's succeeding in 2020 at a dynamic level, and he he catches less than 20 passes basically every season. You know, I mean, he he could he can catch, but he's just not, you know, he's not a route runner. He's not Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, or even Dalvin Cook in that regard. But <clears throat> he's a guy that um, that does everything else so well that it doesn't matter. So. I'm not, and you know what? If a guy can't catch the ball, I may still draft him in the late first round. If he's that good at everything else, I may do it. You know, that's just that's just how I feel about it. Now, a guy like Najee Harris, who from the looks of it so far, again, it's early, but from the looks of it so far, Najee Harris is a guy that has everything. 
everything, right? So to me, Najee is a first rounder. And for some reason, I think it's just because he's bigger. There's a certain, I just have a feeling about him in terms of how other people view him. That's just way lower than his actual value, in my opinion, because he's a guy that catches the hell out of the football. And oh, by the way, he's like six foot two thirty, can run you over, can run around you, can can make you miss, et cetera, et cetera. So he's, he's a guy that has, to me, all the tools coming into this running back class. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, it depends on the back for receiving ability in terms of how important it is. Now, that said, I want to see, I want you to have receiving ability. I want to see it, even if I don't see production at the college level, which I definitely love seeing, and I'm a big production guy. I want to know that when I, of the eight to 12 reps of you actually catching a pass last season, I want to see how you do it. I want to be able to try and project if you can do it more at the next level. Like there were guys, you know, in college that, that didn't have a ton of um, pass catching chops in terms of production, but guys that I felt comfortable with that could do it at, at the next level. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I think that's obviously important. So when you do or when you did catch the football, how did it look? And there were also guys on the flip side of that that have production uh, in terms of catching the ball in college as a running back. But that maybe um, I didn't feel comfortable about. Like Jonathan Taylor was somebody like that for me. And his last year at Wisconsin, he had production as a receiver. But of the few games, three or four games that I watched on him, I saw some stone hands traits you know I saw a guy that <clears throat> that didn't look natural in that aspect of his game and that's why for a while <clears throat> in my evaluation I was a little bit lower on him in terms of like because people were wanting to say he's an every down back he can catch he can catch and I'm like well he's kind of got some stone hands right and now he's getting better in that regard doesn't mean you can't get better but it just means that if you're drafting him with the expectation that he's going to catch 50 60 passes as a rookie I'm not quite sure he was ready for that now he did have some catches, so I'm not, you know, like he's done well so far. I'm not, I didn't mean that as a knock on him, but, um, and he looks like an absolute stud moving forward, but he's a guy that, you know, the production didn't necessarily match my view of what he could do in terms of projecting that specific quality or characteristic to the next level. Okay. Uh, patience, right? The, the, and I, and I really want to use these two things in, in combination because I think they are, um, they kind of go hand in hand, even though they're sort of opposites, right? Kind of. But uh, it's patience and the combination of patience with decisiveness, right? You don't want to see, and this is something that's hurting Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was playing behind a world-class offensive line for a few years in Pittsburgh, right? And that made his little patient, like, I don't have to hurry ever style tough for defenses to handle. But then when you see him go to the Jets and average like three yards a carry for two years in a row and then be a healthy scratch in the Super Bowl, you start to wonder, maybe that just isn't going to work in places where there's not a elite offensive line, right? And I think that um, that's because he started to fall in love with the patience aspect of his running ability so much that he lost the, the feel for when to be decisive, right? Le'Veon Bell, there was a time where he had every single trait that I looked for in a running back. He had the vision and instincts and the feel. He had the explosion on the first step. He had the agility. He had the power and physicality. He has obviously has the receiving ability <clears throat> and, you know, things like that. So he, there was a time where he had everything I looked for, everything. And he was like the perfect running back because of that. But I think he kind of lost some of that 
And and this could absolutely be because he sat out for an entire year. He kind of lost some of that vision and instincts and the ability to understand when to be decisive. Because for a while there in Pittsburgh, this guy had a feel for playing the position greater than anyone that I had ever even seen at that point or up there with anyone that I had ever seen. And it just kind of, uh, the year off, he didn't seem, after that, he didn't really seem like he still had that, right? Still, still a good runner, you know, he still run, but he just wasn't the same. And that combination of patience and decisiveness is something that literally guys could make a career off of, right? Joe Mixon does a good job of that. He understands when it's like, when you get the ball, when you have to just go. And also when you get the ball, when you can afford to wait a second, watch it develop, maybe do a late cutback or two, you know, in that in in certain situations. And I think that the combination of patience and decisiveness to me is a is a very important aspect. Like I like when guys get the football and they just get up the field. Look at Dalvin Cook. That guy is one of the most decisive runners in football, right? He's just gonna get it and go. And then you've got guys like um, you know, Le'Veon Bell, the old Le'Veon Bell, or or even Nick Chubb is a very patient runner, in my opinion. The patience, um, they know when to feature that patience and and when not to. Christian McCaffrey is also like that. He is very patient, weirdly patient. He's also decisive. He has the perfect blend of of uh, patience and decisiveness, right? He's he knows when to hold on it. And this is a guy, Christian McCaffrey, as a rookie, he didn't have that. As a rookie, you saw the patience. But you didn't see the decisiveness enough. And that's why he averaged less than four yards a carry. It wasn't because of the offensive line. I think Jonathan Stewart averaged more yards per carry than Christian did as a rookie on about the same amount of carries. So it was uh, it just took Christian even, a guy that was perceived by many to be pro-ready and was from a receiving and, and everything else standpoint, but wasn't really – didn't have this aspect of his game mastered. Once he had this mastered in year two, it all came together. Right, You would see him take off through a hole – immediately for 60 yards and then you would see him wait a second wait a second bang take off through a hole for 60 yards you you would see the difference in uh you know whatever the play was asking for and he was the and now he's got that perfect combination of that patience and decision <clears throat> okay or decisions okay and um so there's another trait here that i basically i don't even want to put this in the traits list that i look for because to me it is that like not important, right? <laughs> so uh, speed, long speed. And I'm not talking about explosiveness. I'm not talking about burst. I'm not talking about, you know, the first step quickness and all that. I'm talking about like the ability to outrun a defense when you get past 20 yards. It's just something that doesn't really matter to me. It's now, let me, let me say, just like everything else, when someone has everything else in this, it's absolutely a bonus. Definitely. I I will improve their grade in terms of where I'm drafting them based on this, right? But it's not something that I require. I don't care what your 40 time is. I literally do not care. Like what was Devin Singletary, a 4-6, 4-7, David Montgomery, 4-7, 4-6, like really bad 40 times. Doesn't matter to me. <clears throat> Doesn't matter to me. But I also appreciate a guy like Saquon Barkley at 230 when he can run 4-4. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, you know, but it's also... A bonus only, in my opinion. So <clears throat> um, let me explain why. In 2020, there were all of two running backs that had more than three runs of 40 plus yards. You're talking about guys that touched the ball almost 400 times in a season. Only two of them had more than three 
runs of 40 plus yards. And those two guys were Aaron Jones and Derek Henry, I believe. Yes, Aaron Jones, Derek Henry. And guess what? They're not the most, they don't have the most elite speed. That's mainly because of other aspects. They're good at the other stuff so much so that they were able to to break those long ones. I mean, and they they do have speed. I'm not going to say they're not fast, but they but it's it's not even necessarily because they're the fastest guys. Right? When you look at Aaron Jones, he's a guy that had six runs of 20 plus yards in 2020. Six. Right? I mean, look, Aaron Jones had uh, 190 carries in this on the season. So, <clears throat> um, you know, it's not a bad ratio. I'm not it's not a knock on him. I'm just saying the NFL defenses are just so fast, guys. So fast. Like, long speed is almost... And they're so disciplined in their run fits compared to college that the long speed is just something that you almost never see. Like, there may be 10 instances in which a running back even reaches his top speed all season long. It's that, like, rare, right? I mean, Derrick Henry, guys, had uh, 378 carries. I bet you there was only a hand, maybe five to seven times on the season where he actually was running in a straight line long enough to reach his absolute top speed. You know what I mean? Like I really, I really don't know. So it, my point, even if they're, even if I'm wrong about that, the point I'm making stands, and it will always stand. These guys are too fast at this level, and they're too. Um, you rarely ever see a guy with that much space at the second level to just have, you know, to just have long speed matter that much. And even if it does, you even see what David Montgomery had like an 80 yard touchdown run this past season. He's a four, seven guy. You know, I don't, I don't think that it's just not of the required traits in my personal opinion. I mean, you look at a guy like Miles Sanders, if I recall correctly, Miles was a four, four guy. He had four runs of 20-plus yards in 2020. Four. You know? So um, Nick Chubb had three 40-plus yard runs, and he's a guy that was, I think, four, four fives, if I remember correctly. So it's a position that is and will always be dominated by the consistent yards and outliered, if you will, by the breakaway runs. Right. And it's it's exciting when it happens. And Saquon Barkley can do it better than anybody. Christian McCaffrey as well. But NFL players in large part, NFL defenses are just too fast. Too fast. And they're just almost never caught that badly out of position where long speed is going to be a big factor. Now, again, I like I like to enhance a grade with that, but it's absolutely at the bottom of my list. And it's not even technically on my list because if you do everything else at a high level and you run 4-7, I'll draft you. And I'll actually love the value even more because I can probably get you on day three at that point. Because even though NFL teams, I think a lot of them agree with me in this on this standpoint, I think that um, it still is just sort of a mental block for them. They're not going to draft a guy you know, in the second round that runs four seven as a running back, right? Even if he has the other traits, even in terms of testing. And that's another thing too, guys. Athletic testing is important, but it's not the end all be off. There's a guy that has like a bad, you know, like for example, DK Metcalf, 
we, we thought he couldn't turn, right? And I was worried about that. It was such a bad three cone that I was worried about it. But but if you see on tape something that tells you a different story and you see it over and over and over again, it's absurd to take the testing time over that. Because, and I know this year we won't even really see it. We won't have a combine. But um, it just it's absurd to take the testing time over what you see on a football field. Because at the end of the day, you're drafting these guys or you're signing these free agents, whatever it might be, to play football, right? So you're not going to, like, it's just a, <laughs> it's almost a crazy concept, you know, like, oh, I care about what you did in your underwear more so than I care about what I saw you do on the football field. No, let's just pay much closer attention and put much more emphasis on what they look like they can do in a, on a football field. So that's my take on that. And um, I want to give you some, some uh, 20 plus yard carry stats here before we, before we go and uh, our 20 plus. Yeah. So the leaders in runs of 20 or more yards in 2020, Derrick Henry was 16. You think he's got the, you think he's the fastest guy? I don't think so. Nick Chubb at 12. He's not the fastest guy either. He's fast, but he's not the fastest. Lamar Jackson with 10. Okay. That doesn't even count. Uh, Gus Edwards with eight. I bet you Gus Edwards was a four, six guy. JK Dobbins with eight. JK's not the fastest guy. He's a fast player, but he's not that fast. Jonathan Taylor, who was fast, seven. Kyler Murray was seven. Um, Alvin Kamara was seven. Russell Wilson was six. Well, Philip Lindsay was six. Philip wasn't fast. And, uh, you know, so, Dalvin Cook had just six. Wow, that's that's surprising. And Dalvin Cook only had one of 40 or more yards. So you see, even a guy with Dalvin Cook's explosiveness and speed, that combination on 297 carries, had one run of 40-plus yards. So And only six of 20-plus. So, uh, yeah, and James Robinson, for example, had just five runs of 20 or more yards, as great as he was all season long. And he was a guy that had a dreadful 40-yard dash. It was like 4-7, 4-8. It was a bad it was, it was the reason he went undrafted, I think, amongst other areas. But his athletic testing in large part was very impressive for a guy his size. And that's why I compared him to a poor man's Zeke, which maybe I was even still low on him. But he's actually, James Robinson is literally the perfect example of my evaluation process on a running back working, right? Because I had a, I had James Robinson ranked higher than A.J. Dillon. Um, and I liked AJ Dillon, but I, I thought that because the combination of explosiveness, agility, and size and vision and instincts, I thought that those things were just so impressive that I had Robinson ranked relatively high. I think I had like a second or third round grade on him. He went undrafted. He came into the league, carried it 224 times as a rookie, had a very successful season. I think he averaged almost five yards a carry, only five runs. I'm sorry. Yeah. Only five runs of 20 or more yards. So where did he do his damage? He did his damage as a consistent yard getter. You know what I mean? Just plain and simple as a, as a guy that, excuse me, that ran the ball well consistently because of all the other things. Now, if he, if he was a much faster runner, would he have taken that number from five to 10? Maybe so. But look at Dalvin Cook. He had six. You know, it's just it, a lot of times 20 plus, 40 plus yard runs are factors of other things 
that may, may or not be in the control of the running back. When you have the bonus level speed of Saquon Barkley, then maybe you obviously, or Christian McCaffrey, maybe you get those runs more often, but more often equals two to four times more a year. You know what I mean? Especially in particularly the 40 yard runs. So anyways, that's what I've got for you guys in this podcast. I'm going to, um, I will have another one for you tomorrow. So thanks for listening. Later.